You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast, hosted by Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. So it was very exciting Friday, March for Life, Washington, D.C. 100,000 people, amazing, something like that. Uh, it was incredible. It's always good to see people get excited about life. Why wouldn't you, right? Sunday uh, is Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. A lot of great messages in churches around, including one from a Hall of Fame NFL coach. He actually spoke at the March for Life on Friday. And uh, his name is Tony Dungy. And you may see him on television for an NFL fan. You see him commentating on on TV. Works for one of the networks that carries NFL games, right? It's amazing. He's an amazing man. Very calm. Very calm man. I asked him one time, I said, when I was talking to him, I said, how do you how did you coach pro football and be so calm? You know, I see those guys yelling all the time and stuff. And he said, you just have to be strict. You just lay down what the rules are and you follow them. And they'll do the talking. I said, wow, it's pretty cool. Tony Dungy has three biological children and eight adopted children. And he is a great human being. He would never say that. But, you know, you get attacked when you're in the right to life field. You know, it's kind of like whack-a-mole. When you stick your head above the dirt, somebody's going to be there. Your enemy's going to be there to try to pound you back down. and going to pop your head you know, who knows what's going through Tony Dungy's head. I mean, he's being attacked quite viciously. So, Lord, we pray for Tony, for his mind, the renewing of his mind today, the assurance to know that, yes, he's doing the right thing. And he, and you love him and his children and his efforts are making a difference in the world. And for anyone who is adopting children in the foster care children system, helping out and stuff, But uh, today, your challenge is to pray for Tony Dungy every opportunity you think about it, okay? Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I've stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words, putting into sentence, doing. The sound of life. Pretty cool story here for you this morning. I, you know, if you, if you're going to school, right, and you've been, or you've been to school, or you know about schools and you pass by schools, right? <laughs> you know that one of the problems, and if you have electricity in your house, you know that usually when you try to turn the lights on and you can't, that's usually the number one problem, right? Because the electricity is out. These lights were turned on on this Massachusetts high school and they haven't been able to turn them off since. That was in August of 2021. figure out how to turn the lights off. I am not making that up. Now, you talk about a first world problem. It's like, (laughs) my driveway gate opens too slow for my car. (laughs) That's a first world problem. And as I said, most of the time with electricity, you can't be turned on. Nobody ever imagines that you won't be able to turn them off. But for nearly a year and a half, this Massachusetts high school has been lit up around the clock because the district can't turn off 7,000 lights in their sprawling building, okay? Minnetonk Regional High School is where it's all happening. I guess I might as well lay that as stories out now. It's about, it's in the suburbs of Springfield. And basically, it's because they're run by a software system that was designed to, quote, save money and energy. And now it's wasting sky-high amounts of both. 
uh, indefinitely. What? Hard to imagine a more delightfully ironic confluence of high technology and low results. Which makes you wonder when people want you to get in the backseat of a self-driven car, doesn't it? Yeah, so <laughs> the school board was like, we're very much aware this is costing the taxpayers a significant amount of money. Of course we are. We've been trying to fix this. So maybe the pandemic had something to do with them getting the parts and everything in it. They said, <laughs> jokingly, I guess they said, well, some of the teachers are going to start shooting the lights out. No, they would never do that. Okay. But uh, the school uses these highly efficient fluorescent and LED bulbs. And uh, teachers have manually removed bulbs from fixtures in classrooms while staffers have shut off breakers not connected to the main system. Okay, to get rid of some of them. So they're trying, you know, they're, they're aware and they're trying. But take heart because the president of the Reflex Lighting Group, they were the company that did it, said the parts they need to replace the system at the school have finally arrived from the factory in China. And they expect to do the installation coming up over the February break. All righty. <laughs> So please, when you drive by there, don't yell out, your lights are on. <laughs> they know. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't imagine traveling to school every day without it. It helps me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The Sound of Life. I had some friends. We did. Our family did. And uh, they were in the, the school that my kids went to and stuff, and they raised sheep. It's really cool. One thing you learn about having animals is that they always give birth like at 2 in the morning, don't they? It's, it's amazing. You know, some cold night and stuff. Very convenient for you. But it's an amazing thing, uh, really. And they actually had sheep. And so does the Bishop family farm, who just love to tell the story because they took a beautiful, it was like a spring day with some sheep out in the grass. And one sheep has a, a little one and the other sheep has a little one. But you don't know the story. The story started out pretty sad, and it was at night, right? The ewe, the female sheep, uh, had a stillborn, and they weren't able to resuscitate it, so it was sad for all. In fact, that mama cried most of the night longing for her lamb after they removed it. That's one of the, uh, one of the drawbacks. But then, pretty amazing, the ewe... One of the other one had twins a week before. And so when they all went out to check on them the next day, it looks like the one that had twins gave one of her uh, babies to the mother that didn't have one. Isn't that cool? She looks like she gave one of her twins to the grieving mother. I mean, uh, she's taking care of it. <laughs> so it must have been, right? It's a pretty amazing when you see things like that and you think, boy, God really does take care of every part of his creation, doesn't he? He does. That's quite an example right there. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Look, I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. The Sound of Life. What a powerful thing. You may have heard about what's going on in Iran, at least the good stuff, the Jesus stuff you might have heard about. Iranians are meeting Jesus in dreams and they are experiencing a radical transformation. They often say, I saw a vision of a man in a white robe. Now, these things are for real. 
The founder of ministry devoted to serving the Iranian underground church said many people in restrictive nations have encountered Jesus through dreams and visions, which is a phenomenon that's potentially foreign to Western cultures. Uh, in fact, the man who started Transform Iran organization, he's the Reverend Lazarus, appropriately named, Lazarus Yagnazar. Yagnazar, okay, I think I got that. And they said they, they find themselves entrapped or enraptured, I should say, enraptured by Christ following these apparitions. Now, here's the thing. They can't stop talking about it. Hence, the severe persecution, the severity and the brutality. Wow. They, the believers say, I saw a vision of a man with a white robe with a cross on his shoulder or on his heart. He says, I'm Jesus. And it, it, it's, it's pretty amazing to watch even... The Reverend Lazarus talk about it. You know, many believers in the West meet Jesus as a result of others sharing the gospel. Dreams and visions are sometimes the touch points in Iran that sparked life change and heart transformation. So he pointed to scripture to show how God has used these visions to communicate with humanity in the past and explain why Iranians might be having the spiritual experience today. Okay, he said in the Middle East, people see visions. In the West, understanding we want everything to be tangible, verifiable, accountable. That's kind of me right there. I raised my hand on that. It's true. In Iran, people see a vision. They'll make up, they'll wake up sweating and shaking. Now, I will say this. I don't want to talk about myself. But, but I mean, there was a day before I got into Christian radio. I was in radio. I was, in, I was playing the oldies, which is a lot of fun. Uh, and it's a long time ago. But I would wake up in the middle of the night sweating and heaving really? and I and I kind of felt like God was telling me directing me it's very interesting uh, the Lord will speak to prominent biblical figures through dreams delivering the life altering and essential messages the Reverend Lazarus said you know talking about that but he said any gathering of Iranians or Afghan Christians if you say how many have seen dreams or have been touched if not radically transformed because of a vision, but 90% of them will raise their hands. So God is doing something. If you ask a church in Wisconsin, <laughs> right <laughs> here in the Hudson Valley, you know, how many people have come to Christ through a dream? Very few would say that, but they'd say, what's a dream? You know? But that's amazing. And so keep praying for that. And of course, by virtue of the fact that they can't stop, like the woman at the well, she's just everything about it. She just can't get over it. She's just giddy. And talking and talking and running away talking about it. And I imagine that they're kind of like that. And that's like the, not the thing you want to be doing there, you know. But that's what they're doing. And people are coming to Christ there. And we pray to that end. That more would come to see Jesus' truth. The sound yeah. of life. I got a neat little story that, and I don't often get this. The last time somebody wanted to know if I wanted to go to a football, pro football game, was Joe Q, Right. Joe Q had tickets, and he invited me and the then-manager, Tom. We went. My son, Kevin, went. So we went down to see the Jets play the Carolina Panthers. And um, it was uh, it was early season game. Or, uh, yeah, I guess I'm trying to think. I think it was maybe early October, something like that. So, I don't know. Now it's be early in the, in the season, right? Anyway, to be honest with you, it wasn't very exciting. I mean, the, the Jets beat the Panthers and you know I learned that the players during TV timeouts they talked to each other and stuff it's kind of neat yesterday well last Saturday and Sunday big in the NFL playoffs somebody said uh, we found out the 
the teams that were pretty good got beat by the teams that are really good. And certainly Philadelphia Eagles, really good. Wow. Uh, Cincinnati, really good, right? Kansas City, uh, they're better than you think because Jacksonville's better than you think. <laughs> they were supposed to really handle Jacksonville like by nine, ten points, so but they didn't. And then, of course, the San Francisco-Dallas game with two high-powered offenses and the defense is the one that ruled the day. It was 19-12 San Francisco. And the upstart rookie quarterback. So every game he plays in from now on, he's breaking records. First rookie quarterback. Right, it's pretty amazing. But Saturday morning, I got offered a chance to go see the Buffalo game. It was for real. It was from my daughter and her husband. And they're like, you want to go? At first, I thought they were joking. Just because of the weather and stuff like that, you know. But uh, they went. They and and a, and a friend of their uh, a married couple went, drove out there. And, and when I turned it on, and my wife and I are watching the game, I have to say, I was so glad. I said, I, I told her right in front, I said, listen, I don't do cold. It's middle of January in Buffalo, New York. It's not, nah, not my cup of tea. <laughs> I mean, you know, now, if I had a son that was playing, of course I'd be there. You know, freeze to death. <laughs> what happened to Joe? I think he froze to death watching his son play football in Buffalo. <laughs> but I was so glad I, I let them go to the game. You're I, not really much <laughs> of a morning person, are you? No. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Oh, you're a smooth talker. You are. You are. The Sound of Life. Tell me if God's working in this story. Oh, man. I'm telling you. Amanda. She's a visiting nurse who rotates among several nursing homes. And she's bringing her 11-year-old daughter, Ruby, to work. Great idea. And it was just for something to do. Ruby began asking the residents, if you could have any three things, what would you want? I wonder why she did that. Where did she come up with that? This is an amazing question. She would record their answers in her notebook. Surprisingly, many of their wishes were for little things. Vienna sausages, chocolate pie, cheese, avocados. Isn't that amazing? So Ruby set up a GoFundMe to help her provide for the simple wishes. And when she delivers the goodies, she doles out hugs as well. She says, it lifts you. It really does. Lifts you. Just the story is lifting you. Amazing. You know, when we show compassion and kindness like rubies, we reflect our God who is gracious and compassionate and rich in love, according to the psalmist. Yeah, it's in the Bible. That's why the Apostle Paul urged us in his writings to the church, the early church. He said, as God's people, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. God knows the world's needed it. Needed it then. It needs it now. Always need it. God has shown great compassion to you. We naturally long to share his compassion with others. I wonder if uh, Amanda's daughter, Ruby, did. I, wonder, I bet that was her. That's just That was just her naturally. Just as a, as a young person, she just did that, right? We're doing it all in the name of Jesus when we go to the Dominican with the mission team there. In Hombre de Jesus, it's always when we give out a bag of rice, oil when we pray, 
It's in nombre de Jesus, in the name of Jesus. The Sound of Life. You've been listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast on The Sound of Life, the Hudson Valley's 100% listener-funded Christian radio station. For more information on upcoming events, contests, to ask for prayer, and to become a member of the Sound of Life family by supporting the station, visit us at soundoflife.org.